You're listening to the podcast Device and Fire, episode 105 for the week of April 21st, 2013. Welcome back, listeners, to yet another episode of the longest running podcast dedicated to George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series, as well as HBO's Game of Thrones TV show. This week, <laughs> the podcast Device and Fire is continuing to do our episode reviews of HBO's Game of Thrones, and we are on episode four of season three, titled, And Now His Watch is Ended. Um, And for the first time since last year on a TV recap episode, this is Mimi. This is Ashley. This is Amin. And this is Kyle. It's good to have the whole team together again. So, um, Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. It's good to have you back. (laughs) I owe the listeners an apology, uh, the ones that were sort of concerned about how I vacated the podcast in the middle of our season two episode reviews and um, showed up for the fourth episode of season three. Um, I stopped watching season two last year. I I needed to take some time. And um, now I'm all caught up, so... Sorry I missed all the hype of season three. I know that you guys were holding up and doing an excellent top-notch job without me um, dragging y'all down with my nerd rage, so. Can, can we get a brief synopsis? I mean, can we get a brief, like, yay or nay to season two? What, what's what, Where's your mind at right now, Amy? You know what? I Everyone told me, like, part of the reason why I stopped watching it was because my friends were all weighing in and even some podcast listeners and just telling me that I would hate it. And they were like, you're going to be upset. You're going to flip every table in Texas. Um, it's going to be a horrible experience for you, especially House of the Undying, which I know is something I've harped on for a really long time is something that I would be super excited about being translated mm. uh, on screen. And honestly, there was there were some things that I think that season two did really well. Um, Theon, all yes. of Al- the Allen's scenes I thought were really well done. Um he was just absolutely killing it in season two as a really convincing Theon. And some of the stuff, I think his acting challenge with taking Winterfell was incredibly difficult. And I think he did a really good job. So I was happy with what they did there, even if it wasn't accurate to the, to the detail. Um, Danny, uh, holy shit. She is so unlikable in this show. Yep. <laughs> in season two. Well, in season two. Yeah. 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 Season one, she's great. Season two. I knew starting with that Karth episode outside the gates, I was like, I don't like where this is going. Yeah. And that's when I stopped watching. And then I picked it up again and I was like, holy shit. I hate everything. Um, <laughs> it was fucking awful. I don't know what they did. I don't know why they did it. Um, I didn't like it. <laughs> so yeah. So, like, you know who we miss, Viserys. We should just bring him back in female form. I don't understand. I like. I wasn't sure they were trying to make Danny crazy and unlikable and like way too bitchy towards Dora, but I don't know. Like she definitely. I don't know. The first season, I was just swooning over Amelia Clark's Danny and and how great she is. And I mean, in the books, I loved her through the third book. I thought her story was so compelling. Even when she was pulling her, I'm a little girl and I know nothing of war stuff. In book three, I still loved her. You know. Hmm. And um, yeah, so you fuck everything. <laughs> yeah, that, that, just forget Karth existed. And so yeah, just I, I have forgotten Karth existed until yeah. because because the guy there is dead anyways. The king of Karth is dead. He's not coming back. So yeah, but, just move on. <laughs> Zara's and Daxus, what did they do to you? Sorry, this duck sauce king of Karth trapped in a vault monstrosity. Well, I, hope, I, I hope he has some duck sauce with him because he's going to be kind of ballistic in there. I don't even like. We don't even get that with 
with uh, Doria yeah. and, and I think there's... that's there's actually a deleted scene that kind of explains what Doria did that she killed uh, one of Danny's handmaidens which is she not in the show eerie. I know but it's not in the show so that's why it seems like a psycho to do that because you don't know that it's kind of like justice for the handmaiden yeah just well, I, that, yeah. but I just don't even understand why Eri and Jiqui are dead like they're they're supposed they to be. They had to leave the show, I think. They had like they had to oh. they couldn't get back in the country or something, Kyle, isn't one of them. What? <laughs> I think one of the actors <laughs> no. didn't get like was losing her like permanent residence or something. So she oh, to... I have not heard <laughs> anything about this. <laughs> oh. Um, well, maybe, I, maybe I dreamed that up, but I think I read that somewhere. So. I know I want Amarita back on the show, so uh, she shouldn't have uh, I also did not understand why Tywin and Arya were becoming best friends. I it, that was very confusing to me, although Charles Dance does such a good job that it, it helps me overlook the pain of of characterizing Tywin as someone who would just hang out and talk to his um his cupbearer his cupbearer all day long. Yeah, mm. that was weird. Well, I guess he admires intelligence, right? Everybody else is stupid around him. And he knew he, she was highborn too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's probably sitting there thinking, "Why couldn't Cersei be like?" Yeah, it's basically this? thinking like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gwendolyn Christie, perfect as Brienne. I, I think. Um, yeah, she's doing a great job. And then, okay, so here's the thing. Blackwater. Yeah. Um, I understand why they left the chain out, I guess. I guess. Um, yep. Um, I think that there was some controversy about Stannis joining the battle himself. Was yeah, that but he something? was badass. He <laughs> was so I, like Stan- I like Stannis more in that scene than I did like the entire books. I, I don't know I- if it was controversy, but just people being like, yeah, that's kind of ridiculous, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little ridiculous, but I love Stannis, so I love that they put him in there. I think that was one change they made that I could get behind because I feel like you don't feel the full weight of his defeat enough if he's just kind of hanging out on a ship looking at it from afar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I love Stannis so much. Um, and then what else? Oh, oh yeah. Um, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with this Rob's whatever. Whoever she is. Rob just Westerling yeah. been off and some bitch from Volantis being like <laughs> Sorry. Um Whoa! I, Mimi I is back in full force. I nope. have no idea what they're doing and I don't know why it would have been problematic to use the Westerlings. I mean Here, here's the thing. I, I I talked about this the last couple episodes. There's a theory that that uh, Talisa is actually uh, like actually is a spy and is working yeah, for the Lannister. But here's the thing: yeah. Jane Westerling could have been too. <laughs> Didn't have to be. I, I mean, I think that there was some backstory between the Westerlings and the Lannisters that you know, I don't, I don't know, wouldn't have been difficult to to come across. I guess. Instead, I get the screen time wasted on some bullshit story about her childhood in Volantis. Like, right, I, that, I, that was that was stupid. Yeah, that that, yeah. that whole thing. Like, Rob gets hard whenever he hears a sad story. Thing yeah, <laughs> and, and you know what? When you really start to think about it, the the Easteros, whatever whatever it's called over there, Essos, Essos um, they're they're even less progressive than Westeros is yeah. in terms of women's rights. Why why is she so uppity? Yeah, I'm I'm not feeling that. And then also every time Roz showed up, I just wanted to give Wait. up on. Oh, you know what? You know who's really woman. grown on me though is Natalie Dormer as Marjorie Tyrell. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. I I was really feeling her acting and her look and everything, even though they put her in that stupid Mass Effect armor dress. Um, <laughs> her, I mean, her costume is kind of whatever, but I think that she's doing a really good job. Um, I think so should. there were certain things that I did like in season two, like individually, 
that I think they did right. I mean, everything north of the wall, I think following Jon Snow was was pretty good. You liked that? Well, here's the thing. I really, really like um, Rose something. What was her name? Oh, you mean Regret? Regret? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. great. Uh, what was her name? Four and a half hands something. Oh, you mean her actress? Be able to commend her properly. I think she's great. I I liked her in Downton Abbey, and I thought that she made a great regret. That her delivery of everything was real, really convincing as a wildling girl. So Rose Leslie. Yeah. Well, that makes Rose- sense. Like, if you liked the character, then you're going to enjoy those more. If you were somebody that liked um, the half hand, then you'd be a bit disappointed, right? Because there wasn't development. So it depends which character you likes. Well, yeah, and I was disappointed that they didn't do much with Corn Halfhand, but at least they didn't leave him out entirely, which would have been easy to do. Yeah. So there's there's that. Right. Um, so yeah. So sorry, I took way too long on that. But those are my general feelings. Well, I think people wanted to hear your general feelings on it. I, I mean, like, I think we're I think we're all of us agree that I feel that, that that season three is better than season two. Do we all agree with that so far? Like, I've been enjoying season three. So far. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's still got a long way to go, but season three's been spectacular. Well, we got a couple episodes at the end coming up that, like, as long as it, it seems hard to mess up. Like, I, think well, it's been- I don't know. There's a lot of pressure on some of these episodes coming up, so. Mm. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and start our review of this episode. Um, you guys have been rating this based on a lemon cake scale, right? Yep. Have you been gone that long? <laughs> Remember that we did a lemon cake scale? It's been a while since I've done an episode review. I think the last one I did, do you guys remember? That was um, when I had that live reaction to the shadow baby scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and we were like that was, dubbing over that. What, what were we saying? Like, it's like them bones or something? Or <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah. Like, that episode was fucking one year ago almost exactly. I, it was, I did it in my hotel room during that conference for work. So, Oof. yeah, a year. All right. Well, anyway, let's lemon get right cake. Into it. Let's get right into it with your lemon cake rating for this episode. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to give this a three out of five. Okay. All right. It's passing grade. <laughs> oh, Ashley? Um, I'm at four out of five. Uh, there were some good moments and some moments that I ground my teeth over quite a bit. Hmm. I, mean, I I gave it yeah I gave it four out of five I, I enjoyed the episode I thought it was a good episode I didn't think it was quite up to four point five I gave for uh, episode three which is still my favorite but there were great moments in this episode and I liked it so four out of five for me yeah I All think right. last week was like near perfect and this one wasn't yeah I um you know it's funny when I first watched it I was like oh my god five out of five because <laughs> that last moment I was like oh my god but I've watched it a few times since that and I uh, and I find that. I don't. I didn't enjoy it as much the next few times, but I still thought it was solid. So I'm going to give it a four out of five as well. I thought it was a really good episode, but just the awesomeness of the final scene just kind of like blew it out of proportion from my first viewing. But uh, yeah, so uh, so let's jump right into it and let's start with uh, Jamie and Brienne, who uh, who have a couple scenes um, first on the horses and in the mud, and then later by the campfire. So. Do you guys think about this? Jamie, uh, Jamie's hand is around his neck, and the dude is getting shoved in the mud, literally. So, um, who the fuck is Locke? <laughs> so, <laughs> so Locke is the new Vargo Hoet, apparently. Um, I think he's him and his Bolton men are taking the place of the brave companions. Why? 
because they weren't there in the second season, so bringing them in now would kind of be tough to do. So he's kind of like a bounty hunter or a hunter. That's just, that's kind of see the way I see him. <sighs> You're gonna have to tie it into the Boltons somehow to make it make sense. Yeah, well, I can really see this kind of. Um... They're playing up the Boltons, and they're making the Boltons more prominent, which for me, I, I mean, I kind of – I can see why. Because when I read the books and the whole Red Wedding thing happened, I – the whole when the Boltons flipped and all of them kind of went over my head a little bit my first read. And so I think the first viewing to, to beef up the Boltons and really show their betrayal and like really smack it in the face of the audience, I think, uh, I think is kind of what they're going for. I don't know, but do you think that they're still going to deliver that line, Jamie Lannister sends his regards to Rob? I mean, it was like, I don't know, you make the Bolton men the ones who cut off his hand, and then, I don't know, and then deliver that line to Rob when they kill him? Well, I'm sure that Locke is going to be, I'm, I'm predicting Locke's going to be thrown in the bear pit. Like, he's going to be punished for what he's done here. So Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I guess I can see it confusing as to new viewers when you see the Bolton men, you know, against I don't know, doing this to Jamie, and then sure. uh, I guess it'll just show they're flipping. But yeah, still, they'll, they'll I get, don't know. They don't know anything about what, what Roos is planning, and, and in any case, Roos may get a letter later on from Tywin, and then he'll change his attitude toward Jamie. Well, what bothers me is that we haven't heard anything about the phrase. Like, no one's mentioned them. Did they even say that they left? And they never were there in the first place. They're just a bridge. Oh, it yeah. was all about the bridge. It's not about like the. the, the so they never even war. had the army, and I don't think they, they were there because he just whenever he was, he just kept mentioning the bridge, which oh. makes sense because if the phrase were big, then why wouldn't Edmir be well, right? So I think the Riverlands is a general, just smaller population uh, in the show, which is fine. It just, but it's actually consistent that the phrase is not a major. Force. Well, yeah. Well, it should. They still should mention that. Oh, by the way, getting married to this other girl has uh, kind of screwed up a big deal well, the, I think I mean, it's it's been implied I mean it hasn't been said over and over again but it's definitely been brought up Karstock yeah. brought it up Karstock whines about it but he doesn't say why so if you're just watching the show and you don't know the backstory you're like why the hell is he whining about it like are you jealous of Rob for getting laid like stop whining about it like <laughs> that jealous Karstock oh god um yeah I, I know that Catelyn certainly mentioned uh the phrase a couple times throughout this season but uh yeah, we haven't had really much with the phrase that are in Rob's army doing anything about anything. Mm. Mm. Interesting. That may but come I, up I still in the next think, two episodes, so like, we'll see I think the happens. interactions between um, Jamie and Brienne are pretty well done so far. I mean, they're pretty much what they're supposed to be. Yeah. How, what did you think about her saying, you sound like a bloody woman? <laughs> People were a little... Uh, I heard a lot of backlash about this line. Um, really? Uh, particularly, I, I read a lot of tweets from uh, what seemed to be female tweeters about how they did not like that line in the least. But I think it uh, matches what the Brienne that's in the show. I think the Brienne the books wouldn't have said that, but then the Brienne the show is a little bit more like you know violent and manly and whatever, and kind of maybe resents being a woman. Yeah, they've really roided up Brienne for the yeah. show. <laughs> but I think it's in the books so. we get a, a glimpse at her inner monologue, which is certainly different from what she presents yeah. to um to that's people. True. Yeah, you can see the inside. I, I didn't take any issues with that. And also, I think it's really funny for female viewers of the show to feel uppity about one throwaway line that Gwendolyn Christie has um, <laughs> about women when uh, they're okay with Roz being in every episode. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like a Game of Thrones treatment of women has ne not necessarily. Well, they see Roz as a sign so of I really uh, empowerment that now that she's smarter than Littlefinger and the rest. 
So like, can we? When are we gonna get on that so I can vet my spleen? All right, calm down. We'll get to that. We'll get, we'll get to, to that. that. Let's, let's stay. Yeah. Let's get through this. So uh, one more thing I want to talk about with Jamie and Brienne. You guys feeling bad for Jamie yet? Hmm. Mm. Yeah. He's drinking. He's drinking horse piss. Yes, he's I... getting shoved in the mud. He's getting kicked. They like around. to beat him up. They did that in the second season as well. They just like they've been beating on him for a whole year now. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> it's Jamie though. <laughs> I think it's good though. Um, well, you know, when my boyfriend was watching this with me, he was cringing really badly at everything they were doing. I think he was visibly upset by the horse piss thing too. So <laughs> uh, that was funny. I mean, it's uh, their brutality towards him is at least that you know impactful. Yeah. Can I just uh, say it was really I, funny that you were uh, Ashley? You just went, "It's Jamie," and then you had a total creak of the microphone. It just worked <laughs> out perfectly in my head. So this is a Jamie that killed his cousin too, his distant cousin. But yeah, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> I didn't like that shit. Yeah, what was with that? That I just I don't even understand. I mean, I don't understand why they would do that. I don't think it simplified things because it just made it a really long scene, and also it served to make Jamie like the, I don't I don't really think that Jamie behaves like that in the books. I don't think that's his character. Yeah, I think he's got enough things to get over to add that onto the list as well. Right, exactly. They were, they were throwing Bran out the window they were, and, you know, fucking his sister. And these are the things that he has to make atonements for as a character through book three. As you're starting to, like, understand and relate to him better and sympathize with him. You put that shit in season two and it's just like, fucking really? You Like, did we need another thing to antagonize him with? Yeah. <laughs> and then the rest Sorry. of it is consistent with, with him still caring for his family. But here he's sacrificing one of his family to get out when it wasn't even really necessary to do so really yeah you could have just faked like beat him you could have beat up you don't have to bash his head in so much like the guy can't see what's going on there you could just knock him out or do whatever but it just seemed <laughs> stupid but i guess that's in alignment with jamie's like thinking in terms yeah, of strategy had to there beat him but, up a bit. yeah all right well we can't talk too much about yeah let's move on we, can, we can't let's talk. try and season two is over we're on to season three and, and then good. because yeah. she's mad she wasn't here for last season but Let's move on. So to let's what go the on good a stuff. little trip. Yeah. Let's go on a little trip with Varys. Varys yeah. shows up in a few places this episode. He starts with Tyrion. He moves on to Roz, and eventually the Queen of Thorns. So let's go on his journey, guys. Varys, uh, Varys, and Tyrion in the box. Uh, I, just, <laughs> uh, Jesus. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's it's like okay, here comes the designated exposition dump. It, it's out of nowhere. It, it's it, it reads. It's, uh, it's just a bad scene. It's weird because he doesn't even segue into it. He's like, "Hey, remember the story I was going to tell you, and then I didn't tell you. I'm going to tell you now." And also, you didn't even prompt this. So like here, he I'm going to tell you. I just like and how he just invited him in. He's like, "Hey, Tyrion. Oh, come on in. I got a story. I got to some tell. mail. I got to open up this mail that I just came through customs." It didn't feel natural. Like they weren't talking to each other in any sort of way that would prompt this. It was just like, "Oh, fuck. We didn't do it last time. Let's talk about it now." Like it I was agree. awkward. I, I actually, I, I liked it until he opened the box. I was fine with it. Like, I liked the story. Yeah, that's the shit I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree that it felt kind of unnatural, but the, the I, know. I don't know, the sadistic person inside of me or something, when he opened up the box, I was like, yeah, you dirty motherfucker, you chopped his balls off, you deserve <laughs> to be in that box. Like, I don't know, I had a little moment of glee, of, of twisted I guess glee. it makes sense why he's telling the story if he has got the guy in the box, it just came back to his head, to his mind yeah. about the story, right? That's consistent. Why does he have that guy in the box, though? What is that? He's getting revenge on the guy who did it. I get that, but what's the point of that? Well, the whole point is that Tyrion is, it's going to take a long time for Tyrion to get revenge. 
That's what I took out of this. Oh, I guess we're not going to see Tyrion getting immediate revenge on his sister yeah. or whoever tried to have him killed. It's going to be a long process, and you've just got to bide your time and play your cards right. I just hope that these sort of things get cleared with George R. R. Martin first, because you know there are changes that could come to bite you in the ass. Well, I mean, more more importantly, I think I hope the shit that they decide to do with the show doesn't dictate how he writes the books, yeah. you know? But, uh, I know he, he knows where it should end up, but I don't want, I don't know, I think it would oh. his craft would suffer if he's like, oh, shit, maybe I should put this wizard in a box because they did it in the no, show. I, I think two things. I don't know if you know if we want to go into the, the, the second thing, but the first thing I think is they did check with him, and now we basically know that that wizard's not coming up again in, okay. in the books. Well, that's part of a theory, right? That's one of the theories that, uh, like, Marlin or whatever is the sorcerer or something. Is this? Yeah, it's a theory. Yeah, which I'm trying to find on, like, forums right now, but I can't find that theory anywhere. Um, Are you guys familiar with that one? Yeah, well, I think that's the extent of it. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, there's a wizard, and we need a wizard to fit this. Okay, well, who, maybe it's whoever that was one. doing like that kind of thing, and it was actually working, could be somebody important because they've been doing this a long time ago when everyone thought magic wasn't working. So, hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to bring this up uh, again if, at the end they, of the if episode. They, if they yeah. checked with with Martin, you know, and he's like, "Yeah, it's cool. You can put in that wizard," then it's okay. But if they didn't check, or no, I don't. I don't think they're checking with him on, on every little detail. I feel like they've got well, an overarching like story from him, and they're just going to be like, All "I right, almost and wish here we they, go they, they don't check with him because I don't want them to check with him, do things, and now they're giving away things that are coming up later on. I'd rather exactly. that in the books. I want this yeah. to just be their idea. They're yeah. like, "Yeah, we're going to put the wizard in here, having but no idea." be their own idea because I guess I guess we will mention it. We were talking on the forums. The question is, what if the show gets up to the to where the books are and goes ahead, and then the show starts using secret knowledge to finish the books? I wouldn't want that because now we'd have oh, all these spoilers floating all in all the place that'll ruin yeah. the experience of the books. I'd rather they just make up their own thing. Exactly. Me too. Me too. I've always said I would have enjoyed the top four seasons the most, anyways. That's what I always wanted to get to the end of the first, get the end of Storm of Swords. The rest. Well, is- who wants to watch season five? It's just Danny having her period over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got Dario. We my get man. to see a bit of the North and stuff. Or feast- five will still be Feast for Crows, I guess. There's good stuff in there. Uh, it'll be both. It'll be dance and Feast for Crows. I'll have to put right. it together. Anyways. So, so yeah. Vari's continuing on. Vari's in Roz, everyone's favorite whore. Oh, wait, no, she's not a whore anymore. She's going to be a madam. Uh, and yeah. if she plays her cards right, she'll get to make out with Nathan Fillion. Okay. <laughs> and as we discovered, that not only does Winterfell have its own brothel, but it apparently has a school for whores, too. School okay. for N- whores? Ned thought that everybody should be educated, even the whores. Yep. Like, he was, he, was, he was pro-education for all. Well, we don't know her history. Maybe she came from uh, a house, somewhere where they taught her to read and write and everything before she got to Winterfell. Can we? Can I just clarify with you guys? Have your feelings about Roz changed at all from the last time we discussed her? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't. I'm not feeling the Roz hate. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm yeah. Every time she comes on screen, I'm not like, oh no. yes, Roz. But I'm also Are not you... like, oh what? The I haven't fuck? hated every scene like, with Roz anymore. The problem is just when you if you add if you add them all up and look at the numbers, there's there's she's tied to a lot of bad scenes. That's the problem. She's in some normal scenes and she does some good stuff as well. Oh, that sir is a matter of opinion. <laughs> uh, um. um. But we do find out from Roz that Podrick is not tripod because he doesn't have a huge dick. He's just good. 
apparently. So there's a lot of controversy about this and what the hell the point of the whole Podrick thing is. What do you, how do you guys weigh yeah. in on this? I think it was a bunch of guys sitting together going like, uh, you know what would be cool if we added this joke in? And you know what's really great? This joke is so awesome we should beat it with like a dead horse. <laughs> and that's what happened. Uh, the, the show definitely there's, you can tell that the people writing the show love certain characters they love the hot pie they put things in there and that turned out well and they love Podrick like they really love him so that's what they're giving him I think they just think that they're really clever and they're really not <laughs> I think I'm sorry, it's a joke I, was, I hated it I think it well it was a joke that they ran too far they're like this yeah, is a great scene and then they bring it up again it's like no okay first of all the reason there was controversy over it in the first place was because it doesn't make sense in the world of Game of Thrones it's too cheesy it would not happen and then when mm-hmm. they should have oh that's a, a good laughing moment and thing. just left it be then they bring it up again and shove it in our faces and we're like no okay we might have been able to give it a buy the first time but now no no I'm, the, I'm the sorry no I mean I, I'm with Ashley I think it's sort of a sort of a slap in the face to all the gritty realism they try to inject into the show. I mean, I'm with you, man. I'm with you on these dirty jokes. I mean, I Seriously, though, it's like, like they've tried so hard to make this like this so realistic and intense. And and I don't know. They were like, let's make this. Let's put this joke in here that yeah. makes no sense. And uh, let's continue to just bring it up and if they continue to do it in further episodes I wouldn't be surprised but it's just like that'd be bad if they do that it's not it's not that cute I don't I think they're just trying to like show the opposite of Stannis is fires burning low this is like an example of fires burning high I was was willing to let it go last week but they had to bring it up again Okay. Well, I'm going to completely disagree with you guys and <laughs> thought it was a little bit of uh, levity. Is it the word I'm looking for? Just a little little bit of humor that hasn't run too long. I mean, hopefully they won't keep doing it. But I thought it was nice to get a little joke and uh, and be happy and like root for a little guy that we're going to be spending how many freaking hours with in a couple seasons from now while he's walking around damn Westeros with Brienne. Well, you know what like, would have helped if they'd actually used that time to develop his character instead of developing his dick? Like, <laughs> We, there is plenty of levity and interchanges between Podrick and Braun and, and Tyrion. And instead of developing a relationship between Tyrion and Pod, they've decided to develop a relationship between Pod and Three Whores. And it's like, really? I, I thought in the first, in the third, in the first, like before they were showing the three of them hanging out together, that was cool. Like they, you did show the, the relationship there. But you're right when these third party people are bringing up a dumb story, like later on, it's. Well, here's what I took out of it yeah. as far as the main storyline goes. Um, Podrick, you know, got away without these whores spending money. And the, the point of this story that I think plays into the overarching story is Littlefinger is so checked out, he doesn't notice that the whores don't take any money. Like, I feel like that's a red flag for Varys. <clears throat> that, that Littlefinger's like, he's done. He's elsewhere now. He's checked out. And that's what I took out of this for the entire, st- for like a, a, an actual plot point. Hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's his like, number one business. So then we find out in this scene that uh, Littlefinger is, t- uh, or Varys finds out that Littlefinger is going to be taking Sansa. So Varys goes, boop, well, got to do something about this. So he goes off to the Queen of Thorns and they come up with some sort of plan. How would you guys think about this scene? I, I just want to say I love that they keep a lot of uh, Lady Olena's dialogue intact. I think they did that in the previous episode. Yeah. Um, when she was talking to Sansa. Uh, I really appreciated that they did that because she has great lines in the book. Yeah, yeah, she's killing it. Uh, the lines from the book, everything. She's just like chewing the scene. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, 
But uh, yeah, and she just she just chops Varys down like, oh, you're so good at this. Yeah, no, you can't sit down. Nope, nope, you can't do this. <laughs> uh, I think it was a lot of fun. It was a nice uh, verbal chess match going on between these two. It was fun to watch. There's no reason that she should respect uh, Varys anyways. It's just he's, he's not even like nobility. He's just this spy master. So it makes sense that she's like making fun of him. <laughs> But I think she's doing it out of a, a sort. I think she's got a respect for this guy because she knows how powerful words are. Because uh, as she says later on, you know, she's a woman, and then the men have all the power, so they've got the words, and they can, you know, they've got power with that. And I think she, in that regard, I think she really does respect Varys. True. Yeah. So, um, but then they hash out this plan, or we kind do we know the full extent of this plan? Uh, um, <clears throat> Sansa can't go away with Littlefinger, so they've got to do something with yeah. her. So, is their plan to marry him off to Loras? Is that what we? Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, because yeah. Willis doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Willis yeah, exists, so, but the, it, it has more meaning, more meaning to people watching the show to see somebody they've already met be the potential person to marry Sansa, especially with sure. then to have like this guy off screen and the, the fact that we know that he's gay too makes it interesting. Like this whole dynamic. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I it's going to be a great moment. Oh, go ahead, Ash. I didn't mind it because it also makes Sansa's hope so much more tragic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because she doesn't know that he's gay, right? To her, it's like, this is this is the best guy to marry for yeah. her, right? I don't know how she's been hanging out in King's Landing as long as she has and doesn't know that he's gay. Like, I know. She's like, everyone so does. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that could still be a good marriage for her compared to other people, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. She could, yeah. could still work something out. I think so, it's going to be great moment in the future when uh, Varys, and, Varys and the Queen of Thorns are like, alright, we've got this plan to marry him off, and all of a sudden Tywin's going to walk, and he's going to be like, nope, she's marrying my son. Uh, it's just a quick quick point, Donna. Just, why, why, why is he bothering to do this? Why doesn't he just tell the Lannisters? Because, you know, if Littlefinger can't really... It's like, he doesn't have any power, they could say, oh, Littlefinger's going to take her away, they can do something about that, you know? Why doesn't Varys tell the Lannisters? Yeah, that the Littlefinger's going to do this. I don't know, does he like the Lannisters? Like it's treach- it's kind of treachery that if he's going to try to steal her away, they could just tell that to somebody and then have him dealt hmm. with. Well, maybe he's concerned that they don't have the same value on Sansa now that she's no longer betrothed to Joffrey. Hmm. Interesting. So we shall I don't see. know. Okay. Um, the the scenes between uh, Joffrey and Marjorie. Yeah. All right. We're Let's still in King's Landing, so I figured Let's we could it. we could touch yeah. on that. Let's I've I've that actually one. really enjoyed them. I know that they're not in the books, but. Um, um, there has, you know, in the books they do talk about how Marjorie is exerting influence on Joffrey. And mostly, I think Cersei is kind of peeved about this. Um, but I like it because it's another thing for her to upset about, be upset about. And uh, I think it's nice seeing seeing Marjorie manipulate Joffrey. Mm. It's, it's a kind of good glimpse at the Tyrell grasp on the court. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm loving their interactions, too. I feel like uh, Natalie Dormer, Marjorie, is just uh, is working it this season and in such a delightful way to watch. It's so she, fun. It's, it really is. She's so good yeah. at like knowing exactly what makes him tick and kissing his ass. Like I'm half in love with her at this point. <laughs> have, have, have any of you watched the, the Tudors? With her, no. yeah, yeah, because that's I, I, it's kind of why I predicted she'd be good because I liked her in the tutors as well. I knew that she had the ability to to take the role. Um, so, are we all in agreement that we're gonna nominate her for one of the Golden Manwoody Awards? Maybe she keeps this up. <laughs> oh yeah, she keeps wearing those dresses. She's got my Manwoody all day long. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like whoever made those outfits for her. I think they, they're terrible. But what? she's good. <laughs> oh my god, that guy or woman needs the win. It doesn't. Also, doesn't make sense that she dresses. That she what? Oh, HBO's cutting off Mimi again. You still there? I, I've ranted about the girls' dresses a lot. <laughs> I hate them too. In terms of cosplay or in terms of but, just? Uh, <laughs> I just don't like the women's costumes. I think they look ridiculous. 
This is the problem with this call. Call dropped. God, what is she doing over there? It's HBO. Every time she's complaining about the show, <laughs> they cut her off. It's like, now the costume director. Oh, God. <laughs> Hello? Hey. 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 Sorry, give me, give me two seconds. Sure. <clears throat> Hey guys, make sure you brace yourself after this episode gets released, because I think we're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> it's like you want to meet me back. We're gonna, we're gonna have an angry horde outside the gates, just like the Joffrey mudslinging. I know incident. that's gonna have to be it. You're gonna be like episode 105 or whatever, and it should be you wanted her back. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Here's here's the thing. Yeah. I thought about just coming on this episode and talking about the things I liked and not talking about the things that I didn't like, but. I, you know, there's a reason why I stayed off the podcast episodes mm. so that I wouldn't chase it up, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I think that that's better for the podcast if you guys all have your balance and general positivity about the show, because that's what people like to listen to since ostensibly most people enjoy the show. Okay, but I've been, I've been bringing the nerd rage. That's good. Thank you, Ashley. I knew you would. I knew She's someone had to balance out Kyle. The nerd rage, yeah. No, I think it's great. I'm glad you're back, and hate hate it all you want. It just we're well-rounded podcasts. You know, we got the haters, we got the yeah, lovers. Exactly. It's all good. It's all well, good. I'm, like I said, there's things that they do that I think they do really well. I think it's just harder for me as a whole to look at the show and feel super excited for it the way that I was for season one because hmm. because of its liberties, because it's becoming a whole different thing. You know, but. I think Kyle's on as well as I kind of enjoy some of the new stuff sometimes because it's at least a surprise. I, I don't expect it, right? Yeah, it's just it's just when it when it's when it goes so badly, then you're like, it could have been better. Yeah, <laughs> so. I think I think we talked about this at some point. I don't remember which um, which episode it was, but I think I'd said that there are a lot of scenes that I like because they feel like outtakes from the books, you know, where it's new stuff, new material. Um, obviously creative license but um but it expounds or contributes to the books or the plot and sort of keeps its integrity mm. so it doesn't contradict a lot of what we know to be canon and i think that's the stuff that i really enjoy like i said like seeing the interactions between joffrey and marjorie just seems to sort of expound on the relationship that's not really discussed between them in the books um but the stuff that doesn't exist like fucking Roz's whole life that's harder to swallow. Oh, swallow. Yeah, Roz is better at that. So, anyway, um, <laughs> what did you think of the uh, Cersei and uh, the Queen of Thorns interactions? I thought that was really interesting. Uh, good good chat they had there about I liked it, yeah. Their role in politics and stuff like that. So. Yeah, there was a there was that great moment where they were talking about how men, you know, have all the power and everything. By the way, can you guys hear my little birds? Yep. yep. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, You're the I new can't spy get rid master of them. now. So uh, I'm playing Faris this season, guys. Sorry, I live in the jungle. It's been, um, um, it's been but, uh, two two seasons and four episodes, and Lena Headey still acts with showing all of her teeth and one eyebrow up. Like, <laughs> has has she not stopped that? <laughs> well, her her scenes are so distracting to me because I'm waiting for her to close her mouth, and she never does. She says all of her lines through the strictness of a grimace. And I'm like, relax your mouth, woman. And that's the only thing I can think when I watch oh, any of <laughs> um, No, I never once have been watching a Lena Headey scene and gone, damn, woman, close your mouth. I, <laughs> what? No, I haven't done that once. But but you guys watch watch the scenes and, and see how she doesn't close her lips over her teeth as she finishes uh, sentences or anything. Uh, were you, were you mad about a lack of bowing to Mimi or about the lack of bowing in the show? <laughs> huh? Did you, did you mind that people rant. weren't bowing in the show? 
Oh, wait. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I never... She didn't no, listen to our podcast episode. She has no idea oh, okay. what you're talking about. No, no, this, I can't hear a mean because you would say something every time he said something. Okay, so. I'm just saying that like, Ashley gets mad whenever people don't bow enough in the show. Or, like, Are you mad about <laughs> that too? Or No, I didn't notice. Although they should bow more. She's absolutely right. But I, I have noticed. I think I was I was just still waiting for Lena to close her mouth. So. Okay. So following Cersei, uh, she goes into the next scene with her father. Uh, we got a pretty awesome scene, in my opinion, between Tywin and Cersei. I have been waiting for the, the scene where he starts ripping her apart for the way Joffrey's been raised. I, I hope we get more. <laughs> Yeah, there was a. I mean, there was a. The big, the big uh, line from this scene that everybody seemed to jump on was, uh, uh, "I don't distrust you because you're a woman. I distrust you because you're not as smart as you think you are," and that really just chops her down and kind of puts her in her place. And I thought that was, uh, I thought that was a pretty honest moment from father to daughter, and it was pretty cool <laughs> to see. Yeah. So also in this scene, she mentions how. Um, um, how, uh, what are you doing to save Jamie? And he's like, oh, I started a war for Tyrion and I'll do anything I want. And I love it because I have to assume that while they're having this discussion and she's like, you're not doing anything and you need to do more and everything, he's pretty much signing Rob Stark's death warrant in his red wedding letters that he yeah. is writing right in front of her. I have to assume that's what those are because that would make that scene even more badass. Mm. Well, I believe someone has said that they could saw the twin sigil on that oh, really? one of the letters. Oh, re- nice. Oh, if you guys have a freeze frame of that, show us. Let <laughs> us know. Link to that in the comments. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty awesome. And this part that gave me chills in this scene was the very last line when uh, she's like, oh, uh, you know, tell, make him, or what did she say? She's like, tell him to not do something that he wants to do. And he just slowly looks up and he says, I will. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that scene when he cuts him down there as well. Oh, I loved it. Great scene. Great scene. Loved it. I think, I mean, it's funny how, like, when he talks with Tyrion as well, he's writing letters as well. He's just, he's kind of gone to the old diplomacy right now. You'd think he'd be, like, out there marching, but that's not how it works now. It's all diplomacy and letters and, like, things like that to, that are going to win the war. Yeah. <clears throat> Great job. Any other cool. thoughts on that one, guys? I'm just, just curious. Do you think that, that uh, in the books, he that's the same reason why he doesn't really rely on her? That he just doesn't trust in her abilities that's an interesting interpretation yeah i think it's uh i think it's pretty accurate i i think he knows in the books that she thinks she's smarter than he is yeah i think it's mm. pretty accurate but in the books he's kinder to her than he is to Tyrion, mm. which that's i haven't true. seen a lot of that so far well i think he was kinder to her in this scene than he was to Tyrion. yeah they, they, they make fun of Tyrion kind of together <laughs> he's kind of been hateful to everybody but Arya so far which is uh, which is the thing that it baffles me but. well he doesn't expect the, the Lannister things out of Arya but he can still respect her intelligence so that, that fits it right mm. not a Lannister I'm not even going to dignify that Tywin becoming best friends with the cupbearer thing <laughs> well, it, it's more believable than, than Roos if it had been Roos it's not believable at all like Roos is like a second away from like flaying her like <laughs> Uh, well, we've got one more scene. Let's talk about Sansa yeah. and Marjorie um, down here with uh, with Fred and Greg, our Lannister guards. <laughs> <laughs> was, um, uh, Sansa's praying in front of the uh, destroyed Weirwood stump, and um, we uh, this is where we find out that Loras uh, uh, Marjorie wants to marry Loras to Sansa. So, not too much to talk about in this scene, but uh, any thoughts at all, or hmm. what do you think? 
Um, All right. Well, there's no thoughts on yeah. this scene. So, <laughs> it was a good um, scene. Like, you know, yeah, what it, had it, to was, do. it was fine. Okay. All right. There we go, guys. <laughs> I didn't notice it was a weirwood when we first started or when I first watched it. Oh, so it's like, it's like the, it. right by the Mediterranean coast or something. That's why it's kind of like yeah. King, King's Landing is warmer than it is in the books, but that's just warmer. It's all good. Yeah. I thought that was a little strange. But, um, yeah, okay, now that we're out of that whole Joffrey, Cersei, Marjorie circle, let's uh, let's head up north. Let's fr- let's go to Bran and Bran's dream about climbing. Why are you still dreaming about climbing, you crazy motherfucker? <laughs> this kid- <laughs> so, yeah, he climbs up a tree and his mom pushes him out, and then uh, that's his scene. Uh, anything in this one, guys? We have, we have uh, Catelyn repeating, uh, promise me, promise me, over and over again in this scene, which seems a little odd, a little Leanna action going on here. What's up with that? Well, it's the, the chance to kind of bring that line in there, right? They didn't have much of a chance to keep... They didn't do the flashback for Tower Joe, Joy, but maybe they're going to do some other reference in the future. Yeah, but why so, is Kat saying it? Because people always demand promises. Like, that's, a, that's the way... <laughs> family, family promises. Okay. She right. scared the fuck out of me in that scene. <laughs> I, thought I was like, face, stop I thought her her, what are you doing? Or something. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a face change or something was going to happen, but no. Yeah, well, I just took... I, I didn't take anything out of the promise. I, mean, I just took the whole scene to be so, sort of Bran starting to remember about what he saw. Oh, true. Mm. True, because he still doesn't remember who did it or anything, right? Right. Mm. <clears throat> Interesting. All right, so moving on, let's uh, let's head over to Theon and his yeah. escape and his, his him and his BFF running through the woods. This was a pretty emotional scene. Um uh, I thought the reaction was going to be pretty one side. I thought people were going to tear the scene apart, but I think a lot of people really enjoyed Theon saying that uh, that Ned Stark was his real dad. So, uh, the reaction kind of took me by surprise. What, how did you guys feel about that? Well, I thought it was consistent, kind of, with what Theon does in the fifth book. He kind of see, realizes he should have been with Stark, uh, with the Starks, and with Rob, that sort of thing. So he's kind of we're seeing it a little bit earlier than we would have. His rededication to the Stark cause. Mm. Yeah, it didn't really bother me too much. Not enough to rant about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can have your reactions without uh, an evil rant. Actually. <laughs> I guess what comes out of it is that I mean, first we get to see Ramsay's like crazy face or whatever, which is good. We saw that. <laughs> yeah, he, had a, he has a good yeah. crazy face. And uh, he, he's finding he found out that the, that the Starks are still alive. But I mean, everyone else kind of figured that out as well. Yeah, like, and the books he already knows. Apparently everyone else doesn't even think they're dead. Well, that's the thing. The report they had a report saying they didn't find their bodies. Well, if they found that, then what does it even matter that he's being told this? They kind of oh, that already. Now he knows for sure, hundred percent that they're alive. I guess it's gonna get kind of wonky. It's a little strange. But I think Mimi has a crush on our Ramsey Snow. <laughs> yeah, they they made him way finer than I thought he should be. <laughs> What's up with that? You saw that on your Facebook, right? You said his like lips are supposed to be two worms fucking. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that Joffrey? Well, I think that the bad guys have just have uh, fat worm lips. I feel like yeah. George has had like really bad experiences, you know, with, with worm lips, with, with fat and worm boils. Lips, and now he's like, oh, I'm gonna and write boils. them into everyone I hate. <laughs> <laughs> the kid that picked on him in high school had had fucking <laughs> lips. Mm. All right, and then uh, and then they uh, they're back at the Dreadfort, or what we think is the Dreadfort. I mean, whatever. And uh, yeah, we get the sadistic smile. So. I thought it was uh, anticlimactic. Like I was expecting, like something like cool. Well, for the people who are watching the show, it's surprising <laughs> to them, right? They're all like, "Oh, this is guys helping out 
Yeah, well, it's kind of a surprise for us, too. I mean, like, we never got to see it in the book. But I, I just mean, like, it uh, it was a build-up, and, like, we all knew what was going to happen at the end. Well, some of us knew. And uh, then, then, then the reveal at the end just kind of didn't punch the way I was hoping it would. Mm-hmm. So who were the guys in the tower? Like, were they just dressed up as Greyjoys, or...? I don't know. I guess... Uh, they were bulletin men. I mean, they had to be. Oh. But people are saying that these guys, or the people in the woods, were dressed up as the Ironborn, and uh, oh. I don't know. I'm all sorts of confused at the moment. But um, I feel like they're at the Dreadford, and all this is just, you know, they're, everything's happening at the Dreadford, and they're just going around in circles and just fucking with mm. them as so they should. Why did he? Why did he kill his own men? Then it was just kind of like because of Bolton to get Theon's trust, and he doesn't care about the men. Basically. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I feel like it's double-fold, where he's still yeah. a bastard right now. He's not... Leg- oh, my God, I hate this word. He's not legitimized. Yeah. Sorry, I apologize about that. Um, so all these men probably treat him like shit. So on one hand, he gets yeah. to kill them. And on the second hand, he gets to blame Theon so yeah. that people will beat him up and torture him even worse now. The, the problem being is he was put in command of those men, and he used them to take back Winterfell. So he's a commander. Oh, very it's, true. Very so true. I don't understand. I don't think they're going to be disrespecting them. He could just order one of them killed. Yeah. So I'm just really offended that that guy tried to rape Theon. And <laughs> I'm like, that, this that, is seen, not prison. Do it for you. you guys Maybe. are outside in a forest. Can you not? Well, that's the best place to do. You never had sex in a forest. You need- that was like the fan service for the women in that show. We have a different opinion on fan service. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think that's what gets women off at no, night, I'm just saying that, that's, why, that's, that's, that's all you have for your fan service. That's why you should complain about it, yeah. right? You don't even have like Genry anymore. He's just like wearing a shirt. He keeps wearing a shirt. Damn it! <laughs> what the hell's up with that? <laughs> Yeah, that was another thing my boyfriend was pretty visibly upset by. <laughs> like, oh, God, I hope they don't rape him. Oh God. I don't understand because that guy's really cute and this makes me feel really weird and awkward about Ramsey Bolton now. <laughs> okay, and, and, and now his watch has ended. Let's get to those guys. And now we move on to the Night's Watch. Uh, first, we have a scene where they're just shoveling shit. And then later on, we have the big uh, Craster revolt going on. So uh, I like yeah. that. They just had Rast to just be the shitty person from season one to season three. Yeah. Yeah, like, we don't uh, chat. Who cares? Like, let's just make this one guy with kind of a dickheaded face just be the asshole. Mm. It's just fine. Yeah, um, makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was I was pretty upset about Mormont. I, I felt like that was um, pretty well done, I guess, the whole scene. There was a lot of tension. Craster was gross. I mean, I feel like <laughs> the integrity was good. So what do you feel about the guy who killed Craster? Carl, I think, is, is the character. Like, cause Yeah, where did he come from? Have we seen that guy I think before? He's, been, he's seen a couple of times, but it wasn't obvious that he was all going to be rapey or whatever. Like, there, he kind of had some points to be made. <laughs> like on his yeah, side. well, that's a, that, yeah. I, I kept expecting to see, you know, like them trying to go after one of his daughters, and when all chaos broke loose, but you never really saw that, so it kind of seemed okay. You saw him looking at the women, though. You could see it in his eye. I think in their previous episode, they had the looks we, there. I thought a woman got grabbed right after Crasser died. If I'm not mistaken, I thought that. Well, was they, yeah, but he was using as hostage. The He's like, "Where's the food?" He was like demanding yeah. to know where the food was. Wow, but uh, yeah, they, yeah. One of the brothers rapes one of Craster's wives on the table. Maybe he's talking about the food in her pants. Oh, he beat the crap out of Craster though. He just like stood there. He's just like, "You are a bastard." You're <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. He did. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> Pretty so a bunch of people are bummed that we don't hear uh, Mormont say any last words. Uh, this scene in particular wasn't too memorable to me in the books. I mean, I remember it happening, but I guess I didn't like the old bear that much. So I don't remember what he said, but what did he say when he died? You guys know? It was like you got to get back to the wall and tell him everything about what happened. And, oh, that, and my son. My uh, son should, should take the black. Yeah. Dying wish. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he probably like wrote a will back in his like tower and they'll read it. It'll be like, I wish my son to take the black. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think the show watchers, I can't remember the past seasons, if they've really made the connection between Jorah and Gior. Mm. They mentioned it in the first season, right? They talk about that way back when. Yeah. But did they really, like, do the show watchers know those two are father-son? Probably don't. I know. doubt it. There's so many grizzled men with beards. <laughs> just like, I'll be probably honest, aren't sure which ones are related. <laughs> also, I mean, do you, you guys, the show watchers, I don't know if you're watching it, people hadn't read the books, but they haven't picked up on the fact that, that um, Jorah was outed as the spy in season one, right? Um... Shit, I don't remember where that part of the story is in the show. But you remember Ned and and Robert talking about it. Yes. Yep. Jorah's giving them information on Danny for a pardon. But he hasn't been outed. Oh, that was a big moment when uh, when Barristan showed up. People were wondering. Well, and see, in the books, yeah, because Jorah outed Barristan and Barristan outed Jorah. But instead, they didn't even yes. bother with the Arston Whitebeard facade. Um, yep. So I was wondering, you know, how Jorah's going to get sold out later to Danny. I feel like. Barrison's just going to find a moment where he thinks it's all right. I don't know. Uh, yes. He I, knows because he was on the small council. I mean, he, I mean he, was in, he was in King's Landing when the small council was talking about the ship. Correct. So most likely they're just going to have a moment where he gets fed up or Jorah does something and he goes, look, you know what, Danny? This guy, he's a fucking traitor. Um, well, I just don't know why he wouldn't show up and say that immediately to her, you know? Agreed. I, yeah. I, I'm curious why he wouldn't do that, too. I think, but, like, the, the thing is, like, Danny has no reason to trust him versus Jorah's been there since the start. He's trying to like get to know her first and then maybe she would believe him. If the first thing he says like, oh, your trusted advisor is a spy, who is she going to believe between the two of them, right? Well, yeah. I think that she, I mean, logically she should believe Barristan because the moment Jorah says, that's Barristan, sell me, he, you know, yeah, was ding and then Barristan be like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I, I thought we'll it see. Back to the uh, the scene. I thought it was cool that the Mormon was a little bit more badass here. Like instead of just getting stabbed and, and dying, he at least was able to choke Rast for a little bit. I just wish he'd killed Rast. Yeah, he choke slammed right yeah. into the wall. But I mean, they did more than the books. He got more of a fight than than the books. And then he yeah, well, I mean, typically when you when you get an axe in your back, I mean, you don't. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't spend time trying to work out a chokehold. No, but I mean, like that, that's that's what happened. I mean, that, that's just what happened. It's just kind of sad yeah. that he went down without even a fight. He just kind of just got sure. in the back. Whereas here, at least he was able. The show was like, okay, let's make him a little bit more badass and go like that. But it's like the Rast still got away. They're, they're going to do some more stuff with Rast, I guess, right now. Yeah, he's going to hunt down Piggy. Yeah, I'm um, not so happy that Rast continued to stab <laughs> um, Mormont. Oh, that was brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. That was fucking rude. <laughs> That was rude. After he stabbed him in the back, that was enough. You didn't have to stab him <laughs> ten times. Crazy rude. Um, so at the end of this scene, we have uh, Sam runs off with Gilly and the baby. Mm. So I'm thinking now they'll do the yeah. Sam the Slayer bit with they him might running do that, yeah. Oh, uh, you know, did, you, did you see that Gren was the one who charged uh, Carl? Like Gren was fighting against those guys? 
That was cool. I don't even know who these people are. You say <laughs> Carl? Is Carl, Carl is the guy who killed Craster. <laughs> Carl in, in the show is the guy who, in the show is the guy who killed Craster. Oh, you bet. Yeah, but um, Gran charges him afterwards. Like they, they get up like in the fight. You see Gran like charging Carl. Okay, okay. Yeah. Although I kind of wish Gran had charged Rast and killed Rast <laughs> right then and there. But I guess because Marmont was busy with him, so so yeah, awesome, cool. So, uh, if we don't have anything else about that one, we can continue on with uh, Arya and the Brotherhood Without Banners. So, they go into their secret lair in some random cave somewhere after Thoros tries to get Arya drunk. And um, and then we're in the cave and we get the Hound and we get Beric. Yeah, my boy Beric. And then, he looks um, like shit. <laughs> He's supposed, well, to, he's look supposed to look like shit. I mean, half his head is. Actually, should look worse than that. Really, so out, okay. but, um, I just—he uh, was originally supposed to be more handsome. I know, but he's not anymore, right? He's got all this stuff. <laughs> True, um, but yeah, he's yeah. supposed to be the handsome redheaded knight that uh, that Sansa, Jane Poole, right? Jane yes. Poole mm-hmm. was all swooning over at the king's hand tourney. Um, he is older than he's supposed to be, but everyone is older. Everyone's been aged yeah. up. Since I mean, after the shit you've seen, after the time, after dying four times, man, you just don't age very well. Yeah, but at the beginning, he was supposed to be like 26, and they aged him like 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I don't know. Barrick's always kind of, especially after Kyle joined the podcast, Barrick's just kind of looked like a redheaded Kyle to me. And so <laughs> this dude showed up, and I was like, oh, no, shit, I don't play that. Like, he, he looks bad. Um, but I guess they made him suitably beat up. Uh, Thoros is not as fat as I wanted him to be, so those are my complaints there. But generally, I'm I'm glad the Brotherhood made it in here. So yeah, there's that. Pointing out a couple of those things. Yeah, Beric, half of Beric's head isn't caved in, but I can understand (laughs) them not wanting to CG half of this guy's head off. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um. So that's fine. And yeah, he's way too old, but I still love the guy. He stole the Robin Hood of the show, and he's badass, and I was totally fist pumping, and that's my boy. And then, um, <laughs> and Thoros, I think it's mentioned in the books how now that they're like the Brotherhood Without Banners, he uh, he's lost a lot of weight because they don't eat as much. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. But uh, yeah, he's definitely, I mean, they've combined him with Tom Sevenstring, so he's much much more jovial, thin, like, bouncing around kind of character. Is he, like, do you think they, they specifically said they're going to do that, or we're just kind of, like, reading reading that that's what they did? I'm reading into that, because he was the one singing, so he's... Does he's, have a bunch of children everywhere, a bastard children, <laughs> his father? <laughs> he might have, I mean, he slept with, he was, he was sleeping around when he was back in the East, so... Yeah. Yeah, is he going to hook up with Jenna Lannister? Oh, we'll see. <laughs> he does it for the I'm, Brotherhood. Yeah, I'm really glad the they <laughs> they kept the integrity of the Brotherhood and that they were kind of talking about it, you know, through season two as well. Um, just sort of mentioning them, and I'm I'm glad they've sort of put out the mission statement of the Brotherhood without banners because I think you meet so many like groups of dudes that all look like shit in the show that it's important <laughs> to distinguish one group of dudes from the other, and I think. It's good that they pointed out that the Brotherhood's not with any particular faction, but continuing on and, um, you know, following Ned's orders. Yeah, I, I loved it. I love their introduction. No, we're ghosts and we're we're good. And for anybody who goes against the people, we're here to save the people and everything. I, I agree. The mission statement. I like that they got it out there. And I the whole time I was like, I love these guys. Oh, I was pumped for them. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Now, but, do um, we want to? Uh, you know how we talked about what that the, about Melisandre thing. Do we want to talk about that here? Because I saw the trailer for that. What? Uh, do we... I don't. I think we should stick to this episode. Okay. I, oh, I just want to. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. We'll talk about that when it happens, right? Okay. Let's talk about when it happens. Yeah. I've been really feeling um, Carice Van Houten, I think, the actress, oh, yeah. as, uh, as Melisandre. Just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Is it? Her fires are burning bright. <laughs> I I remember talking about her in the last season because I you know I'd seen her in a movie before this and she's just a, she's an excellent actress. I I don't think the exact Melisandre temperament is there, but I mean I think she does a really good job. So. Mm. And if you guys want uh, a Game of Thrones actor who embraces being in, being in the show Game of Thrones and doesn't try to hide from it, you should follow her on. T- Twitter because she's make, she makes Game of Thrones jokes left and right, <laughs> and uh, she she you can tell she's really enjoying being part of this story. Cool. So anywho, <laughs> on. Yeah. Um, um. so yeah, uh, we get the Hound who comes in and they're uh, barraging him with questions. And this entire time, I was like, you know what? He really hasn't killed all. He hasn't. He's not a bad guy. What are they gonna do? And then of course, Micah, the yeah. butcher's boy. Um, he makes a compelling argument, though. Yeah. For killing they Micah. Think he's, they think he's such a horrible... Oh, for killing Micah, yes, absolutely. You know, the prince ordered it. Or he attacked the prince. That's what you do. Yeah. Um, um, I'm glad the Hound is getting more time than he did in the first season, so... Yep. Oh, no, what Ashley's thoughts on Ashley, yeah. <laughs> uh, he makes me mad. <laughs> really? So what's, what's up? What's wrong with the Hound? He's not the Hound. <laughs> I have yet to see him act like the hound. What's yeah, he's wrong? Pretty, he's watered down. Yeah, he's he's the hound light. American <laughs> of the Canadian beer. <laughs> I actually one of the scenes where um, I was insufferable and paused it and then read the passage from the book um, was uh, in season two that scene between him oh, and yeah. Sansa when he calls her little bird and, and forces her to sing for him and cries. And I was so mad that that didn't make it into the show. So I had to put the show on hold and read it. Mm. Um, well, this is, he's, uh, I've ranted enough about him in the past. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought, uh, I thought it was saying a lot when, um, Beric steps up and he's like, no, you'll be fighting me. And the hound had a look on his face, which I, I don't feel like it yeah, fit the know- books very well but in the show i kind of had a badass moment just <laughs> that, that look scene. on his face where he's like oh shit i don't want to fight this guy yeah well here's the problem in the books he didn't want to fight him because he knew he'd come back to life a half dozen times they failed to mention that in the show so when he has that look on his face it's like what what's going on yeah um, i'm not sure he quite knew expe- believed that Beric was going to come back until he saw him come back like uh I don't think he has quite that look in his face. I think he's in the books. He's like, okay, whatever. He doesn't even it's even Beric. He's like, at least that's an interesting, yeah, challenge. He's not like, oh, well, no, he didn't expect to fight him in the books because he's half dead. Yeah, he looks like half dead, right? Yeah, but he doesn't have like a look of like almost fear in his face, which he kind of. I kind of gotta watch this again. But he kind of, what kind of look that, does he have in his face here? The hound. The hound just has very, like a. He oh. Yeah, he didn't want to fight him. That that was obvious. Yeah. But it was kind of weird that he didn't expect to when Beric's standing there, you know, being a leader-like and not looking half dead. Well, there's a little, there's a little right, awkward writing for you. <laughs> Let's avoid the main guy who's probably going to fight yeah. him and focus on. Well, I think the Hound probably doesn't expect like a leader like this to fight his own battles. Like Tywin never does. Or other people, like Stannis, never did in the books, like to fight in those, his own battles. So he's kind of surprised that the leader himself is going to come and fight yeah. this guy because it's it's like a fifty fifty fight even if it's even that you're risking your leader for just a single fight why would you do that? Well, then, then when he found out the hound should have been like all right bring it not 
Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you how much I loved Arya's giant brass balls in this scene? Um, her just being like, this is what you did. Like, unflinching. The acting in this from her, I loved it because she just did not move. She was stone. She's like, you killed him. You killed him. You did this and that. And I was like, oh, God. She's, wow, look at that. I don't know if I'd be that brave. Jesus. Love Maisie it. Williams just fucking killing it. Yeah. She's a she's a breakout from this show, man. She's it's so great. Um, by the uh, way, I went actually back to the book to to gauge the hound's reaction, hmm. and he didn't really. Um, I don't even really think he had one. He just said, <laughs> "My innocence against your breastplate is that the way of it." <laughs> he's wittier. He's wittier in the books. <laughs> yeah, he actually has lines. Actually, it's so bad. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Um, but I think he he got scared when Beric, um, let's see, when he, when he, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, when the sword took fire, that's so when mad, the though. hound said, um, burn in seven hells. And he was like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm out. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> but he still won that fight. He still fought somebody who, who was using fire and he won it. So, yeah, I like what's how this fight? entire scene, he's standing next to a fire in the cave. <laughs> Why do people do you, think he's afraid of a fireplace? I don't understand. <laughs> like because like his face was terrified. shoved into one as a kid. Yeah. yeah, but no, he's not afraid of a fire being there. He's afraid of a fire being brought at him. There's a difference. <laughs> well, what if he tripped and fell into the yeah, fire? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's could, a very dangerous cave. Look at all those stalactites, stalagmites. Yeah. Do you guys think that he's going to cry like he did in bitch. the book? He didn't do it in se- season two, so I don't think he's going to cry. But he was so adorable. Oh, awesome. All right, so uh, unless we got anything else to say about that, let's move on to Danny. Yeah. And the big scene that everybody's talking about, her getting the Unsullied and Dracarys. This is a pretty badass scene, guys. <laughs> this is what made me want to give this five lemon cakes. This scene was awesome. I was a little underwhelmed. Um, <laughs> let, it rip. let it rip girl no no i couldn't i couldn't place my i couldn't really figure out why i was kind of underwhelmed by it this was also another scene where i read the passage afterwards so i could sort of tr- i don't know i guess maybe i think they did everything right um but i think it was just one of those things that just can't can't really hold up to what i had imagined in my mind however them marching out of the city that was really cool mm. Maybe it was the music that they used, but that was that was a really good scene at the end when they marched out. Um, I think the moment with um, Drogon, you know, and his fire um, and the slavers being killed, I mean, that wasn't as strong of a moment to me. That was a little underwhelming, I think. But definitely marching out of Astapor was pretty cool. Ah, mm. uh, God, I was not underwhelmed. I was blown away. I thought this was so well executed. Um, I... Uh, uh, granted, it's been a little while since I've read the books, and there was no, you know, his, his eyes popped and turned to jelly and all that <laughs> jazz. But um, but him just catching fire and screaming like a little girl or a little, like a little bitch was uh, pretty awesome. So uh, I loved it, and she was badass, and she was smoking hot. No pun intended in this scene. Oh my god, she looked good. Great dress. <clears throat> Damn her um, hair. Oh, swoon. I noticed they've aged Missandei up like uh, you know, fifteen years. Oh, God, so. Sandy's smoking, too. Isn't she supposed to be 10? Uh, well, I like the new one. Yeah, it's, it's too hard <laughs> to do with a, with a child actor, like whatever age she is. If Game of Thrones has taught me anything, is that the child actors are better than the adults. Oof. 
<laughs> wow, we are not getting any it's, HBO in, interviews. In some places, this year, yeah, but still, it's always a risk to have a child actor one they can't film as many scenes. I intended for that to be a compliment, Kyle. Yeah. I think the children have <laughs> just been killing it in this show. Like Jack yeah. Gleason and his hateful little bitch face. Yeah. Like he's so good at that. Maisie Williams. Sylvie Turner starting to get better. Um, Isaac Hempstead, right? Like, is Brand just doing a really good job? I've just been impressed by all the kids, you know? Mm. Is that, is Jojen Reed, is he from Love Actually? I think so. Hmm. Was he the kid in that? Je ne sais pas. Um, Do you, you remember that movie Love Actually, right? Uh, no. No, I don't. What? The, it was from 2003. Yeah, I never watched it. Was, it. it was that nope. Hugh Grant movie. It was like an ensemble oh, cast. Grant, interesting. No, must huh? be a Texas thing. No, I haven't seen it yet. So. It's, shut up. It was a British <laughs> It's all <laughs> British actors. I've seen it. Huh? I've seen it. Okay, I just wanted to double check to see if it was that kid from Love Actually, and it was. So, okay, he looks the exact same except three feet taller, so I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> the Unsullied are badass in, in, in here. I liked how they relayed that, the, the, yeah. the dangerous troops, so... Yeah, they're hardcore. I mean, I'm still missing the penis hats, but they are pretty badass. Um, so where yeah, are they this... marching to, actually, at the end? Like, what exactly is going on? They're they're leaving? Um, well, Miss Sandy has that line. I mean, she's translating um, Krasnus' line about how there's she should bloody the Unsullied before they get to... And they say someplace. I guess Westeros? I don't know what, I don't know what he says, what he assumes, but... Um, that there'll be plenty of cities along the way right for sacking. Um, so, yeah, how does she know what direction she's going in here? What's going on? In the books, it's it's she wants to clear out all, all of Slaver's Bay, right? Yeah, I don't remember if she marches out right away or things come up where it's like she's pretty much has to deal with them. But it's like, she's like, boom, she's out of there. It's like sack and then on the go. So is yeah. she actually heading west? She's heading and then something happens on the way or she's heading? Like, well, I guess we'll find out in the next couple episodes. It's interesting yeah. to see where she's going. Because mm. in the book she's heading towards Marine next, right? And we have Yonkai. the we have the road. Just to deal with those, those two yeah. the two cities, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And we have uh, the dead chi- the dead children every like mile something along the way. Is that that point in the book? I yeah, it's on the way they go. They they see the children. So. Yeah. I just I don't remember exactly why do they go that way. I, I figure it's basically like. Were the children before Marine, or was it yeah? Yonkai? It was Yunkai. Marine is right? like the very end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Interesting. I just I, I have to refresh to see exactly what the political situation is right after Astapor. Yeah. yeah. Guys, let us know in the comments. Why yeah. is she heading where she's heading after she leaves Astapor? I'm curious. <laughs> we don't remember uh, this? I don't, we have a I don't, shocking I don't, lack of knowledge. Off the top of my head. No, I, I've always been weak on Danny stuff. That's why it's good to have Mimi back. Like uh, we we needed you, Mimi, at the at the days of Ice and Fire. By the way, we had a trivia and they had like questions about blood writers and stuff, and we're like, oh yeah, we need Mimi here Aww. for multiple reasons. So. <laughs> well, one is you would have stood out in the crowd, the right? Would, yeah. would I would have stood, stood out. out in the crowd. Yeah, so it's like ninety-nine percent guys there. <laughs> been like, what's this redheaded tribble? Yeah, because it was like hands up. Horrible. I I was it was under the impression that Danny Danny went to headed to Yunkai just to free slaves because she was doing that Abe Lincoln shit, you know? 
but she, she she's the one that initiated this problem with the other two cities or they did well, something yeah. to her attention she went to go sack Yunkai and then the the Miranese were the last ones and they're the ones that nailed their children up to be like yeah. come and get a bitch because they heard about Astapor and Yunkai so she yeah. initiated to go to Yunkai that's interesting like uh, yeah she did um I I guess I I got I should probably double check in the books but yeah. I'm fairly sure that she's just decided that she was gonna free all the slaves because she was so horrified by Astapor I agree I agree. I thought, uh, in my mind, that's my how I remember oh, it good. being as well. And I think that it was just maybe like also just bloodying her army and and getting more, um, getting more. Oh, you know what it was? She needed food. Mm. She needed food. I think that that had something to do with it. I'm pretty sure because um, they barred their gates to her, and I think she had thought about how many freedmen she had with her, and how they needed um, to be fed. So. That's why they had Yunkai's gates open to them. But I think one of the one of the things when I was watching when we were watching this um, episode too, is that my boyfriend's like, "Oh shit! I hope she can feed all those people." Because you were watching them march out. And was, <laughs> like, where's the food train? <laughs> it was weird. That was where his mind went to. But he was like, "Oh, it's a fuck ton of people. I hope there's food in that city." But <laughs> is your boyfriend a war gamer or something or plays like <laughs> games because like that that's something you have to keep in mind the supply and yeah yeah he does play board games so yeah. that completely explains it i thought yeah, he was yeah. just hungry but <laughs> i have a question for you and your boyfriend there uh mimi this won't get personal don't worry um and i just want to let everybody know i'm not going to bring this up again it'll be done after i ask this question but i need to ask it did your boyfriend know that Daenerys could speak valerian Oh, um, no, but I told him immediately. So, <laughs> so I ruined his ability to pick up on anything because uh, okay. the first thing I did in the scene with um, the scenes in Astapor is that I paused it and I told him unequivocally that she could speak High Valyrian. <laughs> okay, so you ruined it for him. I'm, I'm yeah, curious. Sorry. It seems to be about half and half. Uh, the three non-readers that I watch it with, two of them um, suspected that she understood, and one of them had no clue. So I'm just trying to figure out whether or not it was a was a was a, sh- a spoiler or a surprise or anything. But anyway, I'm going to start bringing this up, guys. I keep talking about this. So well, I mean, it's the first time I've heard it. But yeah, I was kind of watching for any signs of recognition or reaction from her, and I caught a bit of it. So hmm. yeah. All right, cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the episode, guys. That was a good episode. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, I'm totally with Chris on that one. And then uh, Jessica309 on the podcast says, uh, they've spent a lot of time having Jamie roll around in the mud. This is clearly foreshadowing for a well-needed bath in Harrenhal. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so we got that. Awesome. Cool guys, it's a good episode. I dug it. Well, I have a couple of announcements just to make at the end once we're done. I don't know, are we done with this episode or any final comments? Um, let's see. Uh, at Shopee Four, yeah, some more Twitter. Uh, on Twitter says, "Looks like the show doesn't care if Marwin the Mage who cut Varys." Mm. So is that the sorcerer, Marwin the Mage, or is that the theory? That was the theory. So Marwin the Mage is the sorcerer. Interesting. That's the theory. Okay. Um, because Marwin the Mage is in Feast, right? He's the guy at Old Town and all that jazz. Or yep. am I getting that mixed up? He's like the kind of like the maverick um, maester. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Here you I, go. Think he, I think he even taught uh, Miri Mazdur. I think like he's done mm. a lot of stuff. Interesting. Here you go, Mimi. This one you'll 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 be mad with this one too. At Tim 
Timit Sir uh, says, uh, can't wait for Danny to free all the slaves in Astapor. Looking all majestic, mounted on her. Oh, shit. <laughs> she doesn't yeah, have her that? silver anymore, right? Except it seems one apparently came back from the grave. <laughs> <laughs> I know, she's on a white horse again. Silver Jr. Was the Queen of Thorns criticizing House Toriel's uh, sigil? Yeah. Was that oh, yeah. Was that what, sorry? Was that fan service? I feel like it was kind of being satirical in the sense that, yeah, they, they, they have a very weak-sounding name, but they're actually the most powerful in terms of troops and that sort of thing, at least in the books. Here, they're number three in terms of troops. Yeah. But, uh, I thought we had some more Twitter. Is that it for the Twitter feedback? I thought we had... Uh, I'm, just, I'm just looking at it. I'm looking through, looking through yeah. some good ones. Um, Fred, and Greg Lan- Fred and Greg, the Lannister guards, also continue to be hilarious. Mm. <laughs> I'm like writing awkward fan fiction for them in my head every time they show up. <laughs> Where's Twitter? Okay, while you maybe I'll make some announcements while you read through there. Should I do that? There you go. Okay, first I want to say the MS Paint project is going well through a storm of swords. Thanks for everyone for contributing to it and continue to do so. Uh, the first two books are on sale in our shop, and thanks for everyone who's, who's shopping through the Amazon affiliate link as well. We had a couple of things sent in to, to us to review. One one is a uh, Matt sent us a Game of Thrones uh, trivia app to try it on our phone. It only works on Android. So I sent it to Kyle as well. You, you two don't have Android, right? Anyways, yeah, we'll try that out. Um, and also, I was sent a link uh, with this interactive map uh, of the world. I just gave you the link right now on Skype. Uh, it's www.direct.tv slash thekingsroadmap. And basically what it does, it shows where all the characters are in each in each episode. Um, but the thing about that map is I, th- I think it's most useful for people who haven't read the books and they won't be listening to us right now if they haven't. So... Hmm. That's a limited shout-out, but I thought I'd still mention it since they were kind enough to email it to us uh, and ask us to talk about it. And finally, we've got a couple uh, interviews coming up this summer. One is with uh, Damon Stone from Fantasy Flight Games for the card game. If you have comments or questions for that, send it in. We, That's such a badass I know. Name. We talked about that. Uh, Damon Stone. <laughs> It'd be good to ask him about his name. I think he's like – I don't know if it's the same Damon Stone because I was doing a search to see what he does at FFG, but he's also like – in like ballroom dance competitions or something like that. It just seems like a cool guy. Does a lot of stuff. If it's the same guy. Awesome. That sounds um, good. We have Comic Book Girl coming in May, May or June. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. You, you're, you, I know Ashley's a fan of her. Do you know of Comic Book Girl? Uh, I've watched a lot of her videos. So. We got her coming as well. So if you can send in questions or feedback. She'll be a lot of fun. She's uh, Her yeah. videos are fun. She's, uh, she's a very outspoken gal. That should be yeah. a good one. I'm going to talk to her about why she didn't mention Dorne when, in the Targaryen video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's got like a hundred million fanboys asking her that exact same thing. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Mm. And final person, uh, you know, I am in contact with Larry. And I do think it would be cool to do an episode with him, but uh, but we're thinking maybe after the, the season is over, we just chat with him to see what is overall. Larry Williams, it's yeah. been a while. Is he, is he yeah. still doing reviews? He is, there? yeah. I've watched a couple of his reviews. Mm. So. Have have they slowed down in energy? Uh, I guess, yeah, they can't. Nothing can match the first season, I guess. But they're still good. I, I think he makes some interesting points. And I, like I wonder if he's that. learned the poker rap yet. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. We'll reunion him. later this summer, yeah. Um, and then one last thing I wanted to say was this article about Rob. I'm pasting the link here. It'll be in the notes. It's uh, I think it's... Who, who wrote it? Is it Steven that wrote it? They were having a debate on, on Rob's military strategies. And uh, the race for the Iron Throne guy wrote a pretty good article on that about Rob's strategies and I pretty much agree with him on like what Rob did what he could do with the numbers that he had so 
Mm. That's all I had to say in terms of all that in the news and stuff. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for the, that, I mean. <laughs> cool. Here we go. So, um, I guess um, after you guys wrap up this episode, can I go on an angry tirade about Roz? Can sure. I? Let's do that. Okay. Let's put that in the you, you don't have to put it in the episode. I well, we'll see how it goes. If it's bad, we won't. If it's good, we'll put it after show. Anyways. You <laughs> <laughs> can decide what you want for that part to be in. So, so let's wrap up the episode then. Go ahead. Kyle. Uh, okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening to our review of episode four, and now his watch is ended. Uh, it was good to have Mimi back. I'm sure we're going to get lots of hate for all the, for all the show loving that we did. But, uh, Fuck all y'all, I don't care. <laughs> we don't care about being sidelined anymore. Like, we're, that, that's... Yeah. Just gotta be I'm, true to I'm just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I really miss the podcast. I love doing this with you guys. I was just trying to keep my bitter poison off the air for as long as I yeah, could. You so. guys asked for this, okay? So if you're gonna complain about this, you asked for it. You wanted her back, she's back. She's not gonna like be a fake Mimi. Fake, fake meme. <laughs> I mean getting all defensive. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's I great like to have that meme. Meme. We love having all these opinions. I mean, everybody knows that we 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 the four of us have varied opinions on things, yeah. and it's not always a, a a George R. R. Martin circle jerk around these hair parts. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it is. I have some positive you know. opinions. Let the record show that I had many positive opinions in this episode. <laughs> she did absolutely. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. Tune in next week. We'll have a recap of episode five. Once again, I have no idea what the title is. But in the meantime, make sure you keep in touch with us on Facebook, on Twitter. Check out our YouTube channel. You can find us on all of those at either Podcast Advice and Fire or at APOIAF. You can find all those things. Keep chatting with us on the forum. Join in on our uh, MS Paint projects. We're drawing all the books. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you next week. See you next time. Holy shit, Kyle, you got really good at ending these episodes. Maybe you should do that. I'm so <laughs> well, awkward about it. We have it. been I doing like... them. We, we just have the same shout-out. We always shout-out all, all the different things we do, right? All the different yeah. mediums. Yeah, I but mean, I'm so awkward about it. <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to end a phone conversation that like is really awkwardly. And yeah, so good energy, Kyle. Yeah. Excellent. Try to keep it up. Well, I've been talking about this damn show so much. I don't know if you know, but it, like, I was, I've, I've been on, like, I've been talking to other people about it too. So it's like, I know like, it. I've, I've seen your activity, Kyle Maddock. It's like my, it. it's like a, my life for ten weeks is nothing but this. That's damn true. Show. This is like the high season of the, the thing with all these shows and stuff. You this were... is Kyle's on season. It's yeah. my off season. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I read this fucking article. About uh, Game of Thrones season three premiere, Esme Bianco explains why Roz is important for the series. Like, have you guys seen this? No, I, I would like to see it though. Let's just paste it in here. We'll put it in the notes. Uh, so yeah, oh. of, we're gonna just basically not have an after show for this episode because I think the stuff, <laughs> is, the stuff is too too much for the podcast. Sure, yeah, I know. I just well, the four of us can down. chat about stuff that we don't release, right? I like I like chatting with you guys about this stuff, but we're not gonna release it. There's yeah. no point in, in, in doing that. Um, Definitely not. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay. I guess I'll see you next cool. week. I'll see you later. I just want to talk to you actually just for a second. Later, guys. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hold on. By the way, I leave for Asia on next Wednesday. So I think I forgot. I think this is the last episode I can do with you guys for a while. Oh. What? <laughs> By the way, I just did a rage, a rage drop and I'm going to Asia. For- <laughs>
Um, I'm going to China on May 1st. I'll be yeah. back on May 16th. I graduate on May 17th, and then I'm free after that. But I don't know. That's how many weeks is that? Three weeks? Yeah. Well, so. shows it over. Well, no, <laughs> this is this like a week delay somewhere in there, by the way. Like one week we won't have the show. Is that true? I think so. I was looking at the error schedule because of something. We'll still right. make it for a couple of the later episodes, yeah, right? Yeah, we'll be back. So I'm glad we had this one then. Otherwise, it would have been forever. Yep. You'll, you'll be here yeah. for the Red Wedding. Oh, good. Cool. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Cool. Uh, good. I just want to talk to Ashley for a minute in terms of tomorrow, like the meeting time and stuff. So. All right. Well, uh, nice chat with you guys. Yeah. Good luck editing this one. I mean, that's out in time. Yeah. Maybe I'll edit it t- tomorrow with something on the way. Yeah, we'll good luck with that one. Okay. You guys have a great time this weekend. Uh, have fun, kick ass, represent House Manwoody, do it right. You guys rocked. I love chatting with you guys every week. So. Yeah. Th- thank you. Cool. Hey, Ashley. I'm going to be trying to do, do uh, have only carry on again. So I'm, I'm jamming everything. I'm going to attempt that. I don't know if it'll work with my costume, but I really don't want to have to pay, you know, $55. That's stupid. That's stupid. That's extra. For a weekend. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the podcast of Ice and Fire. Um, I totally forgot what I was going to say. How the fuck do you guys start episodes? We are the longest running podcast dedicated <laughs> to George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series and occasionally Game of Thrones by Podrick HBO. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay. Sorry.